0: Okay, so all I just saw as we're turning in live is Buddy's comment is, whoa! I know, that was like, <laughs> is it going, going live and seeing that. Like, it was, hello, hello, hi. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's what's happening in the comments today,
0: guys. <laughs> Welcome to the broadcast. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> We're not going to be as aggressive as Buddy Archie
2: oh, He said that's R2-D2 he R2 saying hello. Wow! wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, good. Here we go. <laughs> it's Tuesday. By the way, Uh, wrong way. <laughs> the blowtorch is back, so it's Christmas time. It's December first. How is it? I know. December? I don't know. I think we're still in May. <laughs> Quite frankly, like I feel like Pastor Nicole's birthday was like yesterday, and it was in March. And September. I know. I don't understand. I feel like we're still in spring for like. sure. Like it's it's really weird. Here's what's coming up today on the broadcast. It's family chat. That's why you're here. Yeah. That's why you're here. Followed by who would win in a fight? Who would win? <gasps> That was exciting. Followed by Prayer with Buddy and then Memes with Marky. Yay! I love Memes with Marky. Followed by What's the Word? And this week, Pastor is giving us his five greatest life revelations the, the Lord has ever given him. He's giving us number two today. It's going to be a good one, yeah. but right now it's family chat. How are you guys? Yeah. Tell us who you are, where you're watching from, comment, and share the broadcast. It's really going to be a great episode. And we're, we're excited to have you. But he says he likes to keep things interesting. <laughs> yeah. Screaming does that, you know, just I really, walking in and screaming. By the way, I
2: really appreciate your ability when we start the broadcast. Your train of thought is like, okay, we're doing this and then this and then this. And, and I just <laughs> like, the, like when I have it, it starts, and I'm like, hi, who are you?
0: <laughs> well, anyway, like, but you, it, was so, it was so impressive. Good well, job. Well, go Jesus. William says, well, what's all Christmas like? And then yeah. Deb says, hi ho good neighbor. You're so cute. <laughs> I love you. And then she says that we're so pretty today. Thanks. See, what you don't know is that off-screen, Kevin Buck told us that we need to start wearing primary colors because we just wear weird colors. <laughs> so we if you see us in, like, really bright green and red tomorrow, you'll he'll, he'll know why. <laughs> I'd have to go shopping. <laughs> I don't have anything like it's that. It's true. Marky doesn't own primary colors. Um, she owns, like... Weird, honestly, unidentifiable colors.
2: My, I'm not kidding, my favorite color is brown. Is brown,
0: <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Kevin's singing his head. Some people say, you know, the beautiful blue or nice red, right. brown. 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 I love it, I really do. <laughs> Tyler says, Hello, hope y'all are having a good day. We are having a good day. Aww, that's so a good day? Um, also, it's December 1st, it is like. I, 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 I'm just, I'm not over it. I don't know how we're here. It's We have actual poinsettias here. Like, it's, things are happening. I Like, I, I don't feel like, I feel like Christmas is happening to me. I don't feel like I'm happening to it. Like, <laughs> I, I walked into the office, and Priscilla has, like, decked it out for Christmas, and I was like, Whoa. It's, it's nice. It's happy. It's it's happening now. Okay. We're we're in it to win it. Like I've gotta I've gotta become Buddy yeah. the Elf because I'm I'm definitely more I'm not Grinch, but I'm more toward the Grinchy side of, of things than I am. What? I'm more Lucy and Charlie Brown than I am Linus at this current moment, and I need to work on that. I haven't watched
2: Charlie Brown since I was, like, four, so I'm sorry. Fixing I that don't, this year. I, that's what we're
0: doing. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we're probably going to have this question again. What's your guys' favorite Christmas movie? This is, that's a good question. This is an impromptu, like, question that I'm putting on here because tomorrow... Tomorrow we're probably going to do top 10 Christmas movies. <coughs> not 100, but probably. That's um, a good question, <laughs> buddy. T- so this is really funny, buddy. Putty, buddy, buddy, putty. Buddy, buddy. Uh, buddy put in the comments, where are you, Christmas? Why can't I find you? You said jingle all Why the way. Really? That's your favorite Christmas movie? Apparently, my story is done, and we're just we're just <laughs> moving on. It's I'm cool. oh, sorry. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> no. I just wanted to jump into that thought. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't understand Arnold Schwarzenegger being like the all-time best Christmas movie oh. ever. But that's, that's isn't it just, just
2: like a bunch of fighting in the movie? People tackling. It. It's like isn't it like a big Black
0: Friday? I'm I'm good. I I've. I've never seen it. I've never seen Jingle All the Way. Mm-hmm. I need to because this is the year I've decided I'm making it happen. I'm going to watch all the Christmas movies. All of them. That all sounds them. amazing. Um, George and I have literally watched all that I, or not all, but, a, oh, sorry, a lot. Like, we've watched all the Home Alones except for three, because why watch that? Yeah. Um, we've watched all the Santa Clauses. Like. <gasps> That's my favorite. Okay, this is a big deal. I don't normally like picking
2: favorites, but I can, I'm picking a favorite right now. My favorite Christmas movie at at the moment, we're just gonna put that out there so it's not too like, it's not too cemented. But at the moment, my favorite Christmas movie is the Santa Claus. That's one of mine too. Oh, also Abby pointed out something. I've been spelling Santa Claus my whole life wrong. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I thought it had an E,
0: but it's just because that movie has an E because it's a pun. Because I feel like the name needs an E, like. Yeah, it it, does. It looks weird. Um, but he says Serena thinks that Jingle All The Way is dumb, so it's okay. (laughs) Uh, Johnny said, oh no, it went away. I think, sorry, He said Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, I think think so, yeah. And then Julie said Christmas Carol, I think. And then Rachel said the Santa Claus. (gasps) Tyler Tucker said How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the cartoon. We have the same. Yes. The cartoon version of the Grinch is the best. Like the best. I've seen, I've seen the, the, the real one more. Yeah. I feel like
2: it's on more. I I feel like they play it more. That's why you need to buy the cartoon
0: and just watch it.
2: (gasps) William said Polar Express. That's a good one, except it makes me kind of want (laughs) to cry. I don't like that. (laughs) I've never seen the Polar Express. Stop! I've never. Stop! I've never seen it. Stop it! I've never what? seen it ever. Oh my gosh! Okay, just all the other Christmas movies that you're talking about that you want to watch and everything—that all that gets put
0: on hold. You have to watch Polar Express. I was about to the other day, and then George is like, "I've watched it before," but he said it like, I, and I wasn't sure if he'd watched it like with an old girlfriend, and I'm like, "Are we about to watch a movie that you've seen on a date?" Because I don't know. Um, he said he hasn't, but then we just moved on to something else. But I want to watch it with you. Okay. okay, we can do this. Hi, um, Hi Dave Siriana. Oh. Buddy says Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, but I feel like it is because Pastor and George and Pastor Nicole, I feel like, corrected that the other day. Um, but maybe. I don't know. Christmas Vacation. Uh, Dave, Dave says Christmas Vacation. George Which and I, I saw one? Christmas Vacation in the theaters last year. It was super <clears> cool. <throat> uh, Buddy says Jingle All the Way was on while I was putting up our tree. George. Uh, yeah, sorry. George says that, super sorry. Priscilla says, Polar Express is thumbs down. Oh, divisiveness. The Whoa, comments. what? <laughs> Pastor Nicole says, what Barrett? We're fixing that this year, for sure. I'm good with that. Uh, Kevin Buck said, the original Christmas carol Scrooge with Alistair Sim from the 50s. Oh, Oh. I've never seen that one. You know what is a really good one? Okay, this is officially going to be my top ten tomorrow. Um, a really good one is a Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, I don't I like the Muppets. Love cool. Muppet Christmas Carol.
2: I, I, I don't. I've never watched Muppets or anything. But what I do know is that Disney World, the Muppets attraction,
0: was my least favorite. Well, you need to go again as an adult who's been cultured. <laughs> I, I, I liked it. I was an adult! I <laughs> was! need to go again. Need to go again. Oh my um, gosh. Julie wants to know if Annie's a Christmas movie? No. I'm going to say no. Christmas is Annie a Christmas movie? I don't, th- yes. I don't know. I don't think so. OK, if we're just doing movies that happen at Christmas time, then Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie. Die Hard is for sure a Christmas movie. Um Williams William
2: said It's a wonderful life is number two for me. That's a that the only thing with that one is you gotta like set aside your whole evening. That's like a that's like an event. Like that true. movie is
0: like three hours long. It's an event. And you for sure need snacks in that movie. Because <laughs> it's not a fast-paced movie. Like you've gotta you've gotta settle into it. Yeah. And you've gotta have like some, some yeah. things prepared.
2: It's really interesting though, as far as Scrooge and like Christmas Carol, there you could probably do a top ten just on how many just on
0: yeah just on the different uh Christmas carols. Mickey's Christmas Carol is super oh, that cute. Is cute. That is a really that cute one. Cute. Johnny says if we're doing ones that are set during like Christmas that Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie. Um jo- or George says Barrett should watch Muppets Christmas with Marky. He's saying that because he doesn't want to watch it again with me probably so he wants you to watch it with me so if so, I get my fix in.
2: You need to show me Muppets and I need to show you the Polar
0: Express. So it sounds like you're coming over so we just <laughs> made a date on Tuesday Yay! Um, George said, Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie. George said, Johnny Shaver, I watched that last night. And then Pastor says, great background. Hold on, Pastor. Look at the blowtorch! This is what I hear
2: right now. (laughs) Three, two, one. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to see like a little rocket
0: go up. Oh, what a good day. That Guys, good you're Christmassy day. today. That's exciting. <laughs> you're Christmassy. <laughs> I think we're Christmassy. I also have decided that one of my top 10s is going to be either the best Christmas songs or the worst Christmas songs <gasps> or maybe even both. Oh, that the worst one can be that one that we talked about. Yeah. The Yeah.
2: It's the worst. It is
0: the Da, the da, worst. Da, da, da,
2: da, da. like it like like 3 years ago like Kevin is <laughs> yeah, so confused like 3 years ago they're like hey we have a new christmas mo- uh, song we're going to shove down your throat and it's going to be like a part of the classic club i'm like it's awful
0: and literally it's just Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Christmas. Merry Christmas! Like, I don't even know the words. <laughs> it's just so annoying and super aggressive, and it doesn't stop. It, it sounds is, like
2: Barbie has a band.
0: Yes,
2: this is awful. Yes. Barbie has a band that's Christmas.
0: And it's that, and it's bad. Does like,
2: anyone know what on earth we're talking about? Please comment like, if you do.
0: I don't know, because here's the thing with Google, you can't put in da da, da da, da 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 da. And you can't put that. in Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas song. <laughs> or Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, da 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 I can't find the song. That's all I know. I don't know how to search for it. I worked in retail for like a, a season of black Friday and Christmas, I did it a couple years, and that was the song <laughs> that would come on every 20 minutes, and I was, like, I would twitch. <laughs> Pastor says, praise God. Yeah, I, I don't know, know it. it. It's bad. It is bad. Um, mm-hmm. But he says Christmas Shoes is the worst. The, the song? That's <laughs> not true. A, not like, actual Christmas be,
2: I was, like, a seven-year-old girl, like, <laughs>
0: like, crying, and he's up and came on, like, that's not fun. Um, Pastor Cole says, I don't know what you're talking about. The Crooners and Michael Buble don't sing that one. It's true. Um I also think that one of the worst ones is last Christmas I gave you that's my that's like heart, my favorite but the very next no day, that's my you favorite gave it away I love that one this year. it's so I love fun. that one. you love a song about heartbreak? I like love I gave you my it. heart but you gave it away. I really
2: identified with it. I tried to as a kid. You, is this your
0: Christmas emo song that you put on and like crying in the shower? I remember traveling. Like, I remember being in the
2: car, being like, I don't know where we were going. I was really, I was like Luke's age. I was really little, probably like eight years old, and I'm just like,
0: yeah. <laughs> you are one of those kids that when it rained and you saw the raindrops going, that you felt it was, your tears. I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> um, pastor says, I can't do a Christmas top 10 now. Why? Um, you can do them, I'll happily give it to you. Well, do you like this song? Like the last Christmas, I gave you my heart, I I don't know. It's a
2: classic, whenever it comes in, it's like, that's my jam,
0: like. I definitely made a parody, like, song of it on the drive home the other night about how bad the song was. Like, that was my parody song. It's like
2: the only 80s
0: song that I like, really. Oh, there's only a couple of them. Oh, Pastor does like the song, I'm sorry. Um, yes! I'll work on it. Uh, William <laughs> says, can we agree that War Is Over is genuinely the worst, though? I don't know that one. I don't know Do you what... guys know The War Is Over? I don't know what that is. What is that song, William? I don't know. I feel That's like one. William needs to be a consultant when I make this list. Um, <laughs> Will, or Lisa says hi! Hi, Lisa! <laughs> Pastor this Last you. Christmas is my jam. <laughs> oh, my lanta. Tyler says he doesn't like it. It's too sad. Um, yeah. Last I, Christmas? Is too sad? It is about heartbreak. But it has a fun beat! You can dance to it. Yeah, you can dance to it. It's like... I'm glad that the message of the song doesn't matter, but as long as it sounds happy, we're good to go. Yeah. I, that's going to be how I deliver you bad news from now on. <laughs> Marky Dunphy, we need to talk, and I hope you don't cry. It's going to be fine. Like, that's, that's going to be how I deliver you news from now on, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's my top one.
1: <laughs>
0: Kevin said that's his new favorite. <laughs> um, Pastor Nicole said, new Lunch Plus segment, song parodies. William said that the war song is known as John Lennon's Christmas abomination. I need to look this up after. Oh, that does kind of sound familiar if it's John Lennon. George said that my parody that I made, making fun of the song, was really funny, and that he could dance to it. I think... (laughs) (laughs) Pastor's (laughs) laughing and said that was a great Lunch Plus (laughs) moment. Tyler says, lyrics, man, that's what matters. (laughs) I, I felt it though, like I felt the
2: lyrics but I was also happy, it was like, it's like when you go through something in life and you have the joy of the Lord, it's like no, you're, it's, not. it's like that. No, it's not. No,
0: it's not. Marky's one of those hurt-so-good people, like, ah, <laughs> uh, it cuts me deep, but man, I felt the pain, like it was so good. <laughs> is authentic. <laughs> oh, what a good family chat! It we is. didn't get into any questions. I know you guys,
2: and I know you can't see Kevin, but Kevin's really a part of the set right now. Like he's just laughing, uh, shaking his head. He was dancing a minute true. ago. Like.
0: <laughs> There's really three of us on
2: family chat right now.
0: <laughs> well, guys, we, that's really all the time that we have for family chat, though I could keep this going for a while. Um, we're about to hop into who would win in a fight, and yes, we're going to go from who would win in a fight, and then we're going to move into prayer, followed by memes with Marky. Hey. It's going to be such a good day, so stick around. We're hopping right into that with me and Marky. Yay! Gonna be a good one. Natalie says we're cracking her up and that we're funny. Amen. I'm glad that you think so. <laughs> oh goodness. I I like, to- so if you, like if that was confusing for you, <laughs> do you like all us so watching? Confused. Let's we can go into who would win in the fight whenever. Okay. While while they're figuring this out. Here's the thing. I have a fun Christmas story for you. You have a fun Christmas story. I do. While that, while they're getting the computer <laughs> situated, I, when I was four, I was cast as Rudolph in my preschool play, and what? I thought that that was a bullying tactic because I was made to be different. So the whole time I performed, I cried. <laughs> it was the saddest performance of Rudolph what ever. What in the world? Instead of seeing it as a victory, I saw it as my teacher thinks I'm weird
2: and I have oh, to wear no. the red note. So you like took on Rudolph's I character. I did, I I sure did. I was Whoa. a method actor at four is BK. what I was. <laughs> it's like me
0: listening to the music. With the rain coming true. down. Let the rain fall fall down down and and wake my dream. Hillary Death (laughs) Okay, now we're really gonna move on. That was just bonus. Okay. missed us Uh, share the broadcast right now and we're going to happen to who would win in the fight this segment basically is like debate club but nice ish I don't think I've ever been on it with you. We did once, and Pastor told us that we were too kind to one another, (gasps) and that we needed to get. Oh wait, wasn't that in What's (laughs) Right Elementary? Oh no, 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 no! With the the colors, with the pink
2: and the blue. Okay,
0: I remember. I remember. It's true. Um, I don't know what the debates are. Do you? No, I don't. It's. I have no idea. what a good day! We're really at the mercy of Buddy's weirdness. We are. It's true. Um, okay. Put up, put up what the debates are. Basically, we have time to explain to you that we think our side (gasps) would win in a fight. I'm so excited about my side. Oh, what a good day. Um mm. I love the Grinch so that was an authentic genuine happiness with I like
2: her. I, I like I can't tell you how many times I was forced to watch Scrooge as a child so I feel like we have a connection
0: <laughs> like as in as in you are Scrooge No or?
2: no it's just a part of my childhood just, like I was I was forced to watch every version of it because my dad loved them and especially like the black and white ones that like are you can't even understand because the British accent's so strong and stuff like that so I understand.
0: Yeah. So here's what we have to do. I'm on Team Grinch. Marky's on Team Scrooge. And we have to convince you of why our side would win in a fight. And you guys are the deciding vote. There's no electoral college here. You don't even have to wait for results from states. You decide right now who would win in a fight. And go ahead. Oh, okay. Because you're on the left. And I'll go the next side.
2: Um, He
0: is... Really
2: mean. Oh, Scrooge is mean, mean, too, though. Um, he is, I don't know, I'm just getting weird flashes of him in the office, like, you can't put coal in the fire. And like, how do I use that? How do I use that? If you have any suggestions on why Scrooge would win in a fight, please comment.
0: Oh, Rachel said that you could be a great female Scrooge if you tried. That was not nice.
2: Whoa, shade. Oh. I'm feeling that shade. OK. Uh in the
0: mornings. Oh, in the mornings. It's not wrong.
2: Um, um, I feel like he has a stick and he could beat you with it. Like a cane. Not a stick. A cane. I feel like he has a cane and he could beat you with it. And then he wins.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yep. Uh Buddy says Scrooge is wealthy and has ghost friends. Yes. Does he have ghost friends? He does,
2: though. Uh, his friend, his friend, um, what's his friend's name? Marlin, Marlin. Marley? Marley. (laughs) Marley. Marlin? Is it Marlin? It's Marley. Marley. Marley, he, and he has, like, the chains Bob. that he can, Bob Marley. No, it's not Bob Marley. That's a singer. <laughs> that's not Bob Marley. <laughs> I was really, I was really trusting you there. It was whatever you were throwing me, and you threw me. <laughs> it's not Bob Marley. It's, what is, I don't He has the chains that he yeah. can, like, throw, and he's scary. And, like, his mouth opens up in a weird way, and that's really
0: scary. <laughs> so you would intimidate the person so bad. Yeah. 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 Well, um, okay, There, that happened. Uh, so I feel like the Grinch would kick Ebenezer's booty because number one, I feel like Ebenezer's older than the Grinch. So I think that the Grinch has some youthfulness to him there. Also, he's spry because he can, like, climb up Mount Crumpet um, often. And he did it in the course of an evening. And he did it with his partner in crime, Max. See, Max is like a super genius that he has, like, available to him. I don't know how puppies are that smart, but Max is like, you know what, I can not only pull an entire sleigh of stuff, but I'm I'm going to basically inspire the Grinch to then do good things. So he's got a teammate on his side, but the Grinch can contort himself down a chimney and can like f- probably fit mm-hmm. into crevices and be super sneaky, except <coughs> in the course of like a three-year-old, but then he was quick on the spot with a lie. Mm. So I feel like he's, he's got himself the ability to deceive very well while also fitting into little places. Mm-hmm and lifting, lifting an entire sleigh of toys. <laughs> she just like, got so excited. She got so excited about her point that she went like this. I did. Because <laughs> I was like, dude is so strong. <laughs> like, have you ever lifted like five bags of Walmart things? Like, that's heavy, but lifting an entire sleigh full of like bags of toys and like wrapped gifts. That's extra heavy and probably impossible. Mm-hmm. But the adrenaline and the super strength coursing through his veins caused it to happen.
2: My only, my final
0: <laughs> argument is
2: that Scrooge has the family. What is that Tiny Tim's family? What is? What, I'm a, told. I'm being told to look at the comment. Uh, that one. Okay. William said the Grinch has major cardiovascular issues. I'm surprised he didn't have a heart attack. Oh, that's true. Um, okay, I'll wait. But so, you know, at the end of the movie, like he, he befriends. Back to your movie? Yeah, Scrooge. At the end of the Scrooge movie, he like befriends the whole family with like Tiny Tim and all their family. And there's like a million of them. So he has like a million sidekicks of all these little children and all these people who can fight
0: with him. A million and six are really different No, the family's huge. (laughs) The family is so big. There's so many of them. The Grinch has the entire town of Whoville and they're little tiny minion type people who can like hunt you down. Imagine the town of Who's coming after you with their little pointy like sticked up noses and their great big pointy hair and like we're just gonna chant, sing at you. Like that's gonna be terrifying to somebody if they're just, if you're walking at someone and they're like, Ah, hoo, four, eight, ah. Like you're gonna probably pee your pants because that's really scary. Not scarier um, than a green hairy man. I know, both that's, are terrifying. I mean, I both feel are like, super scary things. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I Pastor or George wants to know how how have you watched Scrooge all this time, but you don't know their names, um, the Cratchits Oh. Oh That's Bob Cratchit. Bob Cratchit. <laughs> okay, yeah. But yes, yeah, so going, you know, William said that the Grinch had major cardiovascular issues. Yeah. It was tiny, but then his heart grew ginormously, and that's what empowered him to lift the sleigh. So now he's empowered by love. Back when he was empowered by evil, he like could fit down the chimneys, but now he can do even more things, like lifting a sleigh. I honestly feel,
2: I honestly feel like the Grinch would win the fight. I really do. Like, just green hairy man, like, I think he's got it. (laughs) Like, I think he's got it.
0: Oh, my Lanta. What do you guys think? in the comments, yeah, tell us who you think won. Uh, Not between us, but between the Grinch and Scrooge. Buddy says, all of Whoville is on a flower. Scrooge can wipe them all out in one stomp. Oh Quimby. that's a good point. But that's that's Horton here's a who. We're not talking there it could be a different Whoville. You're trying to mix Dr. Seuss's stories together and that's being that's being sneaky sneaky. Uh, Kevin says, I'm sure there's a who phobia after that description, like scary clowns. Truth, uh, Pastor Nicole said. But when Grinch is empowered by love, he's not going to be mean. He could be though. If he needed to defend Cindy Lou, he for sure would. He would. He for sure would kick some booty. Becca said Grinch. Uh, William says Fluffy Kermit. So Grinch. Um, and then Buddy says, anywho, I vote Scrooge. Uh, Rachel said they aren't on a flower. They're in a snowflake. Is
2: that true? Yeah. Oh, so they are. So so Scrooge really could
0: win easily. Just- Where does it say that in the book? Is Where? that in it? Really? It's not in the book. It's not there. I say that because as an eight-year-old, I thought writing a book meant copying the book onto another sheet of paper. So I wrote the entire book um, because I was a like, weird kid. Like literally wrote literally the wrote book. it out. I'm like, this <laughs> is the same. I'm going to be famous. <laughs> I wasn't. Faster. Um, <laughs> Scrooge. Michaela says, Hi, I didn't get to hear the debate, but I would pick the Grinch. Um amen. Bastard says, any <laughs> 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 um, Priscilla says, I'm a fan of Scrooge McDuck. That's different. That's a different thing. It's an iteration, but it's different. They wrote the book. They rewrote the book. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we're gonna we're gonna take this but make them all ducks. <laughs> 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 I feel like that could be a pitch meeting. Like, you know what we're gonna do? We're just gonna take the same story, but make them all ducks this time. We're gonna do the same thing, but make them mice. It's gonna be great. It's totally different. Um, we'll get. We'll give Scrooge McDuck to Marky. Um Okay, so three to three. Who's I'm doing who wins? better than I thought? Grinch or Scrooge. <laughs> people, people like you. People vote for you. Aww. People, people want you to win. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, okay. one more. Yeah. The next one. The next nice. person who comments. Comment. Serena votes Scrooge, no oh. she doesn't, that's lying, that, that's deceiving, yes. because we're one, he's picking for her, if oh. that's the case then George picks Grinch, and that's, oh. that's
3: super
2: Never cheating. Mind. Okay, we still need one more comment, the, one, the next comment, the one that votes for one of us,
0: that determines who wins. Yeah, tell us, <laughs> Bum, ba, dum, ba, dum, ba, dum. but in, in all seriousness, I feel like Ebenezer, <clears throat> like even if he was swinging for the snowflake with his cane, he'd probably fall over.
1: Like yeah.
0: he's all old and frail and stuff. But he becomes sweet. He does. <laughs> yep. That's, and Kevin says Scrooge <gasps> because he's on your team. So oh! wins, And George says Scrooge. And Natalie oh. says Grinch. So you're still up by one. Yay! Good job. Wow. I didn't think I was Pastors gonna win. This is Grinch. Now we're tied. Oh. oh okay.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like Chasters is like one and a half too. Like <laughs> his is extra. I'll give it to you because your comment came in first. Okay. Amen. So that was, who would win in the fight? What a good day. Uh, we're gonna hand over to Buddy with prayer. We only got to do one fight because it was, it was that it was, important. It was Yeah, it was very important. It was super, super it was a good one. important. Buddy, did you come up it with that
2: combination?
0: Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> good talk. So now we're gonna hand over to, I was gonna say hand over to prayer. Hand over to Buddy with prayer. Make sure that you put in the comments uh, anything that you're believing for that we can be believing with you. Get ready to extend your faith and see God move in your life. Buddy, over to you.
4: Welcome to prayer. Uh, Take some time. Uh, I I, want to encourage you to take some time and purpose in your in your spirit right now as we're diving into prayer purpose yourself and and put this in the comments. I'm going to receive from God today. Put that in the comments. I'm going to receive from God today because, you know, I know as we're stepping into this time of prayer, it can just seem like it's another segment. It's another thing that we do on the broadcast but, but I, I just feel in my spirit, we need to purpose ourselves right now because we, we don't just jump into prayer lightly. We're talking to an almighty God. We're talking to a holy father who loves you and, and has good things prepared to you, prepared for you. But when we come to him, yes, we need to come to him boldly, but we also need to come to him in reverence, recognizing who we're talking to. We are talking to God. So as we are entering into prayer, uh, let's just purpose ourselves, even right now, to to just give him the glory that he's due. Father, you are worthy. Father, you are good. You are holy, God. Just the fact that I have the opportunity to talk to you is, is incredible. So Father, thank you that we can have intimacy and fellowship with you. You are a faithful God, and we give you glory and honor and praise for that. In Jesus' name. It, guys as we're stepping into prayer let's let's do our our next confession for today um, and we're going to be going on to confession number three but at, before we do that i want to read you a couple scriptures because this confession is the confession that says we have divine health in our bodies now that we are healthy and whole this is what the bible says in matthew eight seventeen. this was to fulfill what was spoken through the isaiah the prophet that he speaking of jesus he himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. Jesus himself took away our sicknesses and disease. First Peter 2.24 tells us by his stripes, you were healed. You were already healed when Jesus went to the cross. When he bore those stripes, he bore them so that you can have health in your body. And Mark 16.18 tells us this. It says, these signs will follow those who believe. He says in my name they'll cast out devils they'll uh you know and then he goes on but then verse 8 18 says this they will pick up serp- serpents and if they drink any deadly poison they will by no means hurt, hurt them and they will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover hear that the sick will recover so not only do we have divine health but we have an anointing to, to, to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. So let's put this confession up today and I want you to declare it and say it out loud with me. Let's put confession number three up today. Nope, okay. Um, well, let's just say this together and I want you to type this out. Put it, there it is. Uh, say, say this out loud and put it in the comments. We have divine health in our bodies now and we carry an anointing for supernatural healing. Say that one more time, but make it personal. I have divine health in my body now. Why can we say that? Because by his stripes we were healed. He himself took our infirmities and carried our diseases. So if he took it, we don't have to carry it anymore. We have divine health in my body now, and I carry an anointing For supernatural healing. Why can we say that? Because his word says that I can lay hands on the sick and the sick shall, not might, they will recover. So Father today we just want to give you praise and glory and honor. Father thank you that you did not leave us on our own. God as when we were weak and broken you did not leave us alone but God you provided us a way out. God, you gave us the ability to succeed and to have victory in all things, Father. Thank you that you are not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. Father, thank you, Lord, God, that that you said in 3 John uh, verse 2, you said that you desire above all things that we prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. So, Father, God, let our soul prosper today. And God, as our soul prospers, God, let us prosper in all that we do. God, so that we can glorify you with all that we have, so that we can have all sufficiency in all things, God, that we can uh, that we can be equipped for every good work, have an abundance for every good work, Father, so that people can praise you, so that people can glorify you, God, in everything we do, we glorify you, God. Let you be glorified today, because you are worthy and holy, and, and, and honor and, and worthy of all honor and praise. We love you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Just, just begin to thank him wherever you're at. You can put it in the comments. You can say it out loud. Just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thanksgiving doesn't just end on, th- on last Thursday. But, Father, we carry Thanksgiving with us, God. There are so many things we can be thankful for. God, we love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Alright, well guys, now we're going to be moving on to our next segment, Memes with Marky. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Apparently, we got a lot of good memes for you today. It's going to be great. We'll see you right there for Memes with Marky.
2: Memes with Margie for the first time. Today we're back, and today we have a special guest. Mm-hmm. Buddy, Crabtree, Trees, a special guest. It is time. <laughs> it is time for memes. Are you guys excited? I know, so, oh. I'm I, excited. I don't think everybody knows exactly what a meme is, because my dad asked me yesterday, mm-hmm. what is a meme? It's like, it's like this internet joke in the same, it's always in the same theme. It's always like with a picture and with words and it's just, it's just a joke and that's all it is. This is basically a segment of a bunch of jokes that are awesome and we get to laugh and that is the whole point of it. The whole point of it is just we get to have fun and we get to laugh. And it's awesome. You
4: know what's really funny is definitions.
2: Definitions? The
4: definition of a meme is an element of a culture or system of behavior that may be considered to be passed from one individual to another by non-genetic means, especially imitation.
1: Wow, (laughs) that
2: was was really weird. That was a very weird definition. (laughs) Anyway, Anyway, or
4: a hu- oh the, be- the second one's better. A humorous image, video, or piece of text that is copied and <laughs> I, think, I think the
2: first uh, definition was not the right one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was actually. The second one, yes, that's what a meme is. That's what this whole <laughs> segment is. So this is only our second time doing it. It's still a brand new segment, and it's really fun. So mm-hmm. are are you ready? I'm are ready. you ready to uh, laugh?
4: I am ready. Do you to have laugh. your
2: like your laughing? I don't, I don't know, like you're, are you, are you ready, are you ready, are you guys ready, okay, I think we're ready, I think everybody's ready, okay, let's put our, what were you going to say? I was just going to ask
4: if any of these memes were, were the ones that I sent.
2: Uh, I don't know. Okay. (laughs) That's a nice way to say it Let's put our friends to me okay. Most people spell congrats because they don't know the full spelling of congratulations.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That that is actually true.
2: That is true. Okay, you have to like, you have to like actually see these names. Don't just listen to me, but you got to see it.
4: Um, uh, so here's the, here's the funny thing about congratulations, because it, like, I've always gotten confused with congrats grad, you know, like that's like a phrase, like for people who graduate. Like that always threw me off because then I never knew if it was a D or a T.
2: Congratulations?
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and did always... that
2: really throw you off? It really did. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay, are you ready for the second meme? Let's put our second meme up. When mom announces that we're fasting sugar <laughs> as a family. <laughs> that's so funny.
4: Did oh you have gosh. that growing up? Was that
2: a... Thing? Uh, no. But I can relate, like, here. Like, <laughs> oh, I can relate I here. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, meme number three. Okay, I'm gonna have to read these to you. You're, this is This is an interesting one. Okay, it says, It's oh. funny how Nespresso's coffee descriptions could just as easily <laughs> apply to... Um, to farts. To farts. <laughs> I'm, the ironic thing is, I'm drinking espresso right now. What is? Um, it? So I have it. I have it right here. Do you want to read it? I'm gonna make you read it.
4: Sure. Okay. <laughs> Intense and spicy. <laughs> intensity ten. <laughs> Full bodied and persistent. I love the intensity levels. That's what makes it. <laughs> espresso forte, round and balanced. <laughs> <laughs> espresso leggero. Light and refreshing. I'll, I've never had a refreshing fart. Elegant and roasted. <laughs> Intensity 4. Flowery and refreshing. Uh, you know, they actually make uh, these pads that you can put uh, in your pants that make your fart smell smell like flowers. Um, what? Espresso decaffeinato. What? Dense and powerful, <laughs> intensity seven, <laughs> and then velvety and aromatic. Oh my gosh! Pastor says, send that one to me.
2: <laughs> oh, I did not know there were pads that are... that, that well, change the scent of it. Mm-hmm.
4: I've almost put that on uh, the prices right several. Can
2: times. we please <laughs> buy that? Can yeah. someone please buy that? Uh... Oh my gosh! Wow. Okay. On to our next <laughs> meme. Oh, wow. Listen to your body. And then it has it listening. Uh-huh. Okay. Got it. It just wants more cheese.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that, that'd oh be funny goodness. if I like cheese. That'd <laughs> be funny if you like cheese.
1: Oh,
2: we, well, okay, we just reached our hundred comment, and...
4: It goes to Deb. It goes to Deb. Well, Yay.
2: Done, Deb. well done, I don't know Good what that is. Good job. Was. All you're doing well done, is, Deb. see, she commented, and then she gets money. It's mm-hmm. so easy. That's what you guys can do. Exactly. She got it for today, but you could get the gift card tomorrow. That's true. Come on tomorrow and comment. Okay, next me. <clears throat> me. I can do all things through Christ. Starbucks forgets my caramel drizzle, <laughs> me. That's <in> the picture.
4: <laughs> That's
2: funny.
4: It's funny. Except, you know, well, you know, I, I, I can see how that could be, you know, detrimental for some people. Mainly yep. a millennial white girl, but, you know. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, next meme. Sarah, I did not laugh. God, you <laughs> did laugh, <laughs> size large.
4: <laughs> that's great. Every, every time, so like every time I listen to that, like when I'm listening to like the NLT, like uh, like on the Bible, you know I it reads it to I love the way he reads it. And then she said, I did not laugh. And God said, you did laugh. <laughs> like That's how he says it. <laughs> <You> <laughs> and it just like sticks out to me all the time.
2: Okay, next. Pastor. Quickly turn with me in your Bible to the book of Ezra. Church, inner <laughs> panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, Barrett oh. said Barrett said that was mean, Buddy the other day looking for Nehemiah. Live
4: on the broadcast. Live on the broadcast. As ministers. They couldn't, they were, <laughs> they couldn't
2: find the book of Nehemiah.
4: It's right after Nez, Ezra. It's right after Ezra.
2: Oh, Shannon, she says I'm a white girl. <laughs> Okay, next meme, every day I think about this buff cat I encountered last year, I bet his meows sound like the dude from the Allstate commercial, (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh, like this this segment, you have to look at the memes, you can't just listen to me, you have to look at what I'm talking (laughs) Mm -hmm. about, because that's like, that's like the joke,
4: That's, that's like, I've never seen a cat. That's buff. <laughs> like I mean, obviously you have like dogs that are buff. Never seen it in a cat. That's so weird. A
2: pit bear said a it's, pit a, cat, it's a like pit, pit, pit bull cat, cat, like a pit yeah. bull. Okay, next meme. Oh, this one's funny. This is like a this is like a Thanksgiving one. Jesus, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, sh-
2: you should carve the turkey, Judas. Judas. Okay, but why me? <laughs> Jesus, I figured you like to stab things in the back.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love, I love my lead. Oh
2: my gosh, I'm sorry if you couldn't understand me say that. Uh, you have to look at it. If you couldn't hear me, hear me over my laughing. That's
4: officially my favorite one so far. In this <laughs> that one and the fart one.
2: That's <laughs> I know. That's so funny. Okay, next meme. <clears throat> uh. It says me reading three hundred comments of an argument on Facebook that has nothing to do with me. Oh my gosh. Sometimes I found myself reading comment arguments that are like, they're not even people I know. They're complete strangers that I'm reading their arguments. Oh my goodness. Okay, next meme. My lasagna when I pull it out of the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> It's a I Star it Wars now. one. It's a Star Wars one. Mm
4: hmm. Because it's cold, always cold in the. It's way.
2: always cold in the That's inside. That's why you put
4: it in the oven.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that takes too long. <laughs> okay. New bag of ice, me. He's <laughs> 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 smashing the ice. You gotta mm-hmm. throw it on the Chokes ground. Right. <laughs> okay. Next me. <name. clears throat> When the toilet stall door doesn't have a lock. I'm not tall enough for that, I'm just gonna be honest. There's no way my foot, my leg, my foot would reach the door. I'm not tall enough for that. Yeah, I
4: just wouldn't use it. <laughs> I would hold it.
1: Okay,
2: next meme. Hi, Colton!
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: next, next meme. Okay, me. Wow, can't eat one more bite, mom. The pie is ready, me. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hey.
4: (laughs) That's funny, that's called a selective appetite.
2: (laughs) I feel like it's (laughs) like a selective stomach. (laughs) Okay. next meme. Me being craned away from the Thanksgiving table after smashing my fourth plate of mashed taters. (laughs) Oh,
1: my gosh. Okay, next meme.
2: Mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Thanksgiving. I'm so grateful for the bounty of blessings (laughs) God has given me. Black Friday. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I stay away. It's scary. Okay, next meme. Dear makers of women's clothing, pants pockets should be like poetry, deep enough to be
4: meaningful. (laughs)
2: Oh my gosh! I have to put my phone in my back pocket because it will not fit in the front pocket. That is such a true meme.
4: <laughs> Serena has said like there's a conspiracy behind this. I, I'm oh, sure I've enough. heard
2: her say that. She said uh, that she thinks it's, yeah.
4: Yeah, she's like there's a, it's a conspiracy. I'm like oh really? Like what? Like what, what? What's the conspiracy? She's like I don't know. There's just something. It's <laughs> just some kind of conspiracy behind it.
2: <laughs> it's just wrong. And you <laughs> it's know just it. wrong. Okay, next, <clears throat> sir, why do you have a child's ticket? Because I'm a child of God.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: That's <laughs> it's, great.
2: It's so corny. It's so corny.
4: It's, it's like getting like a, like, oh, they're, they're family, like, you know, oh. <laughs> it's, it's like saying, oh, yeah, they're family, but, oh, we're just family of God. You know? Yes. We're, we're in the
2: family. My brother and sister brother in Christ. Sister.
4: This is my brother. Okay, next meme. <laughs> when
2: ads start popping up for stuff I've only thought about inside my head. <laughs> <laughs>
4: It's funny. We went soul winning the other day. The other day, and I walked by a, like a bag of pepperonis, and um, <laughs> what? And and uh, like they're special pepperonis that like that like whenever they cook they cup a little bit, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, those are weird pepperonis. And then like that night, I had advertisements for the cup pepperonis on my phone.
2: That is such a weird story. I know. Oh
1: my
4: gosh. Like, have you? Have any of you in this room ever had an advertisement for cupped pepperonis? I (laughs) have. No. I haven't. Really? No. You will now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Please tell us if you you get advertisements (laughs) for cupped pepperonis. Please. please Okay, guys, we have one more meme. This is one more, and it's my favorite. We can put it up. One more. Front of the Christmas tree. back of the Christmas
1: tree. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: that's great. <laughs>
2: oh my gosh, that it's was funny, because it's true. <laughs> it's so true. You always find the back fart, mm-hmm. and you turn it around.
1: The back in, fart? Yes. the
2: back. Did <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, um, <laughs> <then> I say
4: <laughs> yes. uh,
1: back fart? That's I mean, what I heard.
4: Just... <laughs> that could be selective hearing, too. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm
2: like hot, like, i like, I'm laughing. Okay. Uh,
4: well, that was fun. You actually, do you know, they actually make uh, fake Christmas trees that is just half the tree that you can put against <gasps> the wall so that you don't have to worry about decorating the back.
2: No it. way. It's a thing. Wow, I've never seen that. Yeah. I kind of want to see it now. <laughs> okay, guys, that was great. Now it is time for What's the Word? Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you guys yep. ready? So... Ready? Make sure you share the broadcast right now so that people can hear the word and hear and be encouraged. I, I want my friends to be encouraged. Do you want your friends to be encouraged? Then just share the broadcast. That's, if you, you don't, don't have want do your do friends anything. to
4: be encouraged,
2: <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> share. I'm just That's a little aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, you don't, you don't even have to encourage them. You just share it and then and, uh-huh. and yeah. then they'll get encouraged. But anyway, it's going to be awesome. Take this time right now to share the broadcast and get ready. We'll see you in just a
1: second.
3: Hello, guys. Welcome to What's the Word? If you haven't shared the broadcast already, do it. It's going to be awesome. And uh, we'll go back to yesterday. Do it. Do it now. And, uh, hey, put it in the comments right now where you're watching from. Do you like my new background? It's awesome. It's beautiful. I uh, felt like being here instead of the other chairs today. And, uh, anyway, we just praise God for you. This week I'm sharing with you five life revelations, And uh, it's really awesome. Thank you, buddy. Buddy says, I'm watching from here. Where are you watching from? Who's online right now? Let me know. I want to hear it. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see. So share it. And uh, share the broadcast if you haven't already. Thank you for being with us here on Lunch Plus. Uh, That was a great Lunch Plus. Uh, Many segments. I was so happy and laughing with you all today. So awesome. Ah, Priscilla says, from the sound booth. My wife says... That's very yellow. I feel like you're in the 70s. It matches my shirt. <laughs> Barrett says, I'm watching. I've shared it. Kevin says, Albemarle City Landfill, Woohoo! Johnny, my living room, awesome. Nicole's watching from right here, not there. It's true. Mom is watching from Rayford, North Carolina. Julie from the media booth. Hello, Julie. Hello, Mom. Good to see you. Thank you all for putting in the comments where you're watching from. And uh, it's awesome. So, as people continue to do that, I'll say, hello, Deb Aldridge, she's in her kitchen, hello kitchen, Miss Natalie from Gold Hill, comma, home, <laughs> Gold Hill, comma, home, Miss Charlie, the Sayfrits are watching from the kitchen, I'm all up in the kitchen today, that's awesome, <laughs> glory to God. I hope that you're having a great lunch, and this is the plus for your lunch, lunch plus. Amen. Um, So, as people keep commenting, I'll say hello to you. Thank you for uh, commenting already. Uh, I had a situation I said yesterday. uh, My wife says, I'm a sharer of the broadcast because I'm a carer. (laughs) Oh, she she needs help. Y'all pray for me, okay? (laughs) She is fun. She keeps it interesting. <laughs> Love you. Praying for you. Mean it. And uh, so one of the things uh, that uh, happened was I was invited to be a part of a service with my nephew, and uh, he was entering into uh, his teenage-er-ish years, and um they had asked me to if i had anything to say to him and so i was seeking the lord and actually praying for quite some time uh, lord what do you want me to say to him what you know this is an important moment what do you want me to say and ultimately the lord led me he said what i want you to do is i want you you to take uh, the top five revelations that you have learned uh as an adult in life with me that have brought your life to another level. I want you to take those top five revelations and I want you to share them with them and I said, okay and um so. I started praying, what are those things? And there was quite a few that came, but these revelations took me years. Uh, But once I got to them, they changed my life. And uh, once I got to those revelations, and I felt led to share those with you this week, so that's what we're doing. If you didn't watch yesterday's revelation, it is what I would consider the most important revelation. Uh, We are talking about, uh, what did Jesus come and die for? What was he trying to get us to? And how important is it and what can it do for you? Uh, all of these are great answers. And if you haven't seen it yesterday, go back and watch that uh, where we're talking about the most important revelation. And uh, I know many of you were able to see it and were here yesterday as well. Uh, did you get something out of it? Yeah, it was. It was it break. Was it a breakthrough for you? And uh, it was for me uh, when I had this revelation, uh, I don't know, about six, seven years ago, um, it changed our church. I mean, it changed everything about our church. And so um, anyway, go back and watch tomorrow or yesterday's. If you haven't done it yet, uh, watch tomorrow's too. Amen. So one of the things I'd like to do is today we're going to talk about this revelation. Please put it in the comments. Trust. Trust and triumph. Trust and triumph. Okay, trust and triumph. So our revelation yesterday is talking about intimacy, uh, intimate fellowship with God, uh, which is uh, by definition, that's what eternal life is. Uh, Today, we're talking about trust and triumph. And uh, so one of the things that you'll find, uh, if you would, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. Now, one of the things that I've found is that um, many times we have won. Uh, We have been winners. We have been victorious in a lot of different areas over time. Uh, We've seen some great, great things uh, in our lives. We've seen, matter of fact, there's many times where I've tried to remember the last time we lost at something as a church, as a family, uh, and I don't remember the last time we lost. Now, that's not because we're so great and we're bringing everything great to the table. It's because Jesus is so great. And what we did was simply we got a hold of a revelation, and that's the revelation that I'm sharing with you today. God actually wants you to always win. That's not a Western uh, thinking, that's not a Western philosophy, that's actually a biblical philosophy. Uh, that's a philosophy that Christ has in His Word. He wants you to win all the time. And you can see this, let's go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2. Everybody in here could probably tell you the verse because I talk about it all the time. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And just put that in the comments right now. God uh, always leads me to triumph in Christ. God, all caps, always leads me to triumph in Christ. And then it says, not only does he lead us to triumph, but in that triumph, he manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Now, I could take probably an hour and just preach and teach on this verse, but God always leads you to triumph in Christ. And then it says, and he manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him. So as we gain more knowledge of who God is and it becomes revelation to us, then God has something in us that he can bring out of us. Okay. Okay. So as we get knowledge in us about who God really is, then he has something in us that he can bring out of us in triumph. Okay, did you catch that? So what does he manifest? He manifests the revelation knowledge that we get in us. This is why uh, yesterday we were talking on the broadcast. You don't just want to hear a message one time. You don't want to hear a message just one time and think that you've arrived at it you probably haven't arrived at it. You're probably just beginning to look at it. You're you know, it's kinda like if you're traveling down the road and let's say that you had good visibility and you could see uh you know, like think about being in a plane. A lot of times in a plane you can see where you're landing uh fifty miles out. But you're nowhere close to landing yet, but you can still see it. The first time you hear a message and you get that first like revelation in your mind, not in your heart, but in your mind, it's kind of like being in that airplane. I can see where I'm going, but I'm not close there yet. I've got to take that uh, knowledge of God and I've got to not just learn the trivia of it. I've got to get it down in me. I've got to get the knowledge of God in me. I've got to have revelation. Not just in my mind, but I've got to have revelation in my heart. I've got to catch this. And that's when the word becomes alive to you. That's when it becomes... Uh, what the Greek would say, a rhema word. It's an alive word, and this is when faith actually comes. So when we get the alive word or that fresh revelation on the inside of us, this is what God can now manifest in our life. Now the word "manifest" means that it becomes tangible. It becomes uh, something that you can handle. Many, uh, you know, manicure. Uh, you know, what you see a manicure is. This is a treatment of your hands. So that root word mani means it's in my hands. God doesn't want to just talk about triumph. He doesn't want it to be a theory. He wants to get triumph in your hands. He wants to manifest it in this physical world. He wants triumph to be. And if you don't know that you know that you know that, then you will not see it as much. Uh, But when you start to know that God wants to manifest the knowledge of him in every place, then you'll start to see it. You'll start to expect it. You'll be in joy over it. You'll have confidence in it. Everything will change in your life. And this is what's changed with us. Uh, We've seen this so many times where now we know it. So think about this. If there is knowledge of God in any area, you know, do we have any promises in this book? If we have promises in this book, that is knowledge of God. Any knowledge of God that is his plan for you and I, uh, God wants to manifest it in triumph in your life. Anything. Uh, earlier in the broadcast, Buddy, uh, talked about, uh, 3rd John chapter 1 verse 2. Beloved, above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in health, right? Uh, I was thinking about healing scriptures earlier this morning. I was thinking, how many times does God have to say it that he wants us healed? And yet we still have people that are like, well, I, if he'll heal me. And I'm, I'm imagining God going, geez, how many times do I have to say it? I think you posted, buddy, Did you post like 50 scriptures just this morning about healing, right, on his account. How many times does God have to say he wants us healed for us to to figure out he wants us healed? But see, a lot of times we'll see that, we'll amen it, but we don't let those scriptures and that true knowledge of God get down in us. It doesn't become us. It doesn't become our character. We're not abiding in it. It's not abiding in us. It's just in our head. It's mental knowledge of it. But when we'll take knowledge of God in any area, whether it be finances, whether it be in our health, whether it be in our protection, restoration, deliverance, any promise of God that talks about his character and nature, when it gets inside of us, God now has something to manifest through us, right? And He wants to bring that, those manifestations of His promise. He wants to bring that triumph, those victories out of us, but we gotta get it in us. So a big key to always winning is you gotta know that you know that God wants you to win. If you don't know that, then keep reading scriptures like this and looking at scriptures. How about the verses that say He wants every believer to be more than a conqueror? He is calling every believer to be an overcomer. He's calling every believer to thank him because he's always leading him to triumph. Right? This is the character and nature of God. He's not leading you to defeat. Go back to Jeremiah 29, 11, and it says this. He says, I know the plans I have for you, for you to fare well, to give you a future and a hope, not for calamity. And 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 I love this. Put it in the comments. Every time I think about this verse now, because I, I got, you know, I've read that verse hundreds of times. But, I, you know, I never caught this in this way. But a couple of years ago or I was reading it and I realized God has no plans for your calamity. He's got zero plans for your calamity. Well, when you see that, you start realizing God doesn't want me to have any calamity in my life. That's not in his book. That's not in his plans for me. And when that becomes not just head knowledge. See, many people may have just heard this for the first time. All right. Now you've got it here. In that word, that promise may be even fighting against Other things you've been told in your life, like, I can never get ahead for losing. You know, I can't win for losing. That's what the world teaches you, but that is not what this book teaches you. That is not what God teaches you. And so so you hear, God has no plans for my calamity. You may have other stuff in your head that the world has taught you. And right now you've got to decide which one's going to win right? Which one's going to eat the other, which one. And and the one that wins, there's an old saying is the one that you feed. So if I keep feeding scripture and, and verses about victory and triumph and overcoming and, and conquering, and that God has no plans for calamity. If I keep reading those faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So now that faith will rise inside of me and what I have in my head will drop down into my heart. And when I believe on that thing in my heart, it will come to pass. And this is what God's saying. You can he's saying you can thank me. Even ahead of time. You can thank me ahead of the victory, because I'm never leaving you to calamity. I'm always leading you to triumph. I'm always leading you to triumph. I'm always leading you to triumph. That's what this verse says. And uh, so you know, some years ago, I've you know, this verse came alive to me. I'd I'd seen it, I had amened it, I'd hallelujah it, I'd raised my hands to it. But a few years ago that thing got down in my heart and all of a sudden everything changed. I realized he's not going to tell me to give him thanks for something that's not going to come to pass. And when I saw that triumph was mine and it was there for every believer and even every non-believer, every unbeliever that doesn't know Christ yet, if they will come to know Christ, it's their promise too. When I saw that, something changed in me. It came alive inside of me, and we stopped losing as much. You know, we had been losing on a regular basis, but we stopped doing that as much. And we went to the place where we started winning. We started overcoming. We started we started being triumphant and conquering the things of this corrupted world, and we started seeing the victories just manifest in our lives. Now, another verse that pairs with this very well is 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. So let's turn there. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Amen. Uh, Serena said this, If I keep feeding my spirit man, my flesh will starve. That's exactly right. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. Now, let me just deal with this temptation word real quick because I want to show you something else. Every bad situation has a temptation to drop faith. Okay? Hear that again. Every bad situation has a temptation to drop faith. So now what we can apply this is not just no temptation is overtaking you, but No bad situation has overtaken you because in that bad situation is a temptation to drop faith in God. No bad, so no situation that would, that would try to tempt you has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. That means every bad situation and every temptation, if it is within the realm of, of man and God being able to handle it, okay? Every situation, every bad situation, every temptation is common to man. In other words, it's not beyond the scope of man's ability to handle it. So if you find yourself in a bad situation, then you and God can handle it. That's what this is saying. And and then he backs it up by saying this, the, the most powerful words in this verse. And God is faithful. God is faithful. You and I may have missed it before. I guarantee you I've missed it before. But God was faithful all the way through that. God was faithful and is faithful and will be faithful. Why? Because that's who He is, that's His character, that's His nature. No temptation has overtaken you or no situation has overtaken you, but such as is the common to man, and God is faithful. Who will not, God, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able? Oh, man, these words gave me such a great victory. And you know, he's saying this, if you find yourself in a bad situation or if you find yourself in a temptation that you, it is not beyond your scope, and if you apply God, it will never be more than you can handle. So you can know this. If I find myself in a bad situation, God would not have allowed me to get here if I couldn't come out the victor. All right. If I find myself, put that in the comments, if I find myself in a bad situation, God would not allow me to be here if I couldn't be triumphant. God would not allow me to be here if I couldn't be triumphant. This is what this verse is saying. And then he says this. He says, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. So God has looked at you. He has judged you and said, you are able to handle this or you wouldn't be here. And all you have to do is look to me. And if you'll partner with me, this is what God is saying. If you will partner with me. I will be faithful to you and I will bring you through to the victory. If you will be, if you will partner with me, God's saying, I will partner with you. I'll be faithful to you and I'll lead you to triumph if you'll take me by the hand. All right. So then it says, but with the temptation, he will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. You know, and you have to see, this is, when we say provide a way of escape, our mind goes to, well, uh, you know, at least I'll be able to get out of it. This is the least that we should ever have. The least and the the lesser of all things that we should ever have is an escape. Because when you go back to 2 Corinthians 2.14, you see that God is always leading you to triumph. He's not just providing an escape. Here he's given us a confidence that you'll be able to make it through. But over in 2 Corinthians 2.14, he's saying, but you should be applying faith that you're going to triumph. Don't just don't just have faith to make it through only have faith to make it through to triumph. Right. You combine these verses together and you start to see I, if I enter into a situation if, that God then God is saying, I wouldn't even let you in the door to that situation if I didn't have plans for victory for you. I wouldn't even let you in the room of that situation if you weren't able to handle it with me. That's what God's saying. If you weren't able to handle it with me, I wouldn't even let you in the room. He said, I wouldn't even let you in it. He said, but now that you're here, you can know I'm leading you to triumph. I've got no plans for your calamity. The only plans I have for you is triumph. Take me by the hand. God is faithful. And all of a sudden, you'll take God by the hand, and the knowledge of him that you have, uh, that revelation of who he is in your life, you take him by the hand, he'll lead you straight to triumph. All right. Now this is a huge key. This is a huge key. When you start to get this, all of a sudden everything looks different. I've found myself since I had this revelation. I've walked into the situation, and I've had I've had many situations. On the surface, it looks bad. Like, ooh, this is not going to end well. <laughs> this is, this does not look good. That's how the world would talk. But because I know these things about God and I know these promises, I would look at that situation and go, Woo, this doesn't look go- look good in the flesh. But Lord, oh, I'm excited to watch how you're going to work this out. What, how are you, you going to turn this? Lord, I, ooh, yay. How are you going to turn this? This is going to be awesome. What a testimony. What a testimony. In our leadership training, we have a statement that says issues and problems equal opportunities. Issues and problems equal opportunities. That's biblical. It's saying I may find myself in the middle of issues and problems, but I know God's going to turn it into an opportunity. He's going to take me to triumph. And so when we start focusing in faith on what He's promised us, we literally give the Lord entrance to come in supernaturally, hammer our problem away, and lead us straight out to victory. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. I'm going through, put it in there again. I'm going through exclamation point. Talk to text. I'm going through, right? I'm going through, but see, you're not just making it through in an escape. You're not just escaping it. You're going through to victory. You're going through with victory on your lips. You're going through with victory in your mouth. You're going through with victory in your heart. You're going through with victory in your hands. You're going through with victory in your mouth, in your heart, in your thoughts. You're going through with victory in your hands. That's God's plan for you. Amen. It's not just, a, you know, oh, well, we're just positive thinking. No, it's not positive thinking. It is faithful thinking of what God has said. And when you make this, these revelation, these verses, you make these promises, you make this character of God that he just laid out in these two verses, you make it yours All of a sudden, the devil's got his hands full with you because you have decided I'm going to partner myself with Almighty God and His promises, His character, and His nature. And and the devil's got nothing for God. And God is faithful. You know, you put your hope in God, you will not be disappointed. You put your faith in Him, you will not be disappointed. He is worthy of trusting. We're going through. We're going through. Now, Now that that foundation is set. One more. Did that especially loud on purpose? Why? I just felt like it. Let's turn to Job. (laughs) Job. Job. Job chapter 1. Anybody ever felt like Job? Look, my paper was sitting there in Job the whole time. I should have looked down. Anybody ever felt like Job? Man, stuff just happens. So now that you know that God is always leading you to triumph, now that you know that you will not face a situation or a temptation, now that you know that that you and God are not capable of handling, does that mean that... Yeah, the devil is just going to be like, "Oh, I've lost. Never going to be able to get them again." You know, golly, he's just going to stop, stop tempting you. You know, he'll never, he'll never challenge you again. He'll never attack you again. Well, they they got revelation. You know, Job talks, uh, and the devil talks to his demons. "Oh, we lost, boys." We they got revelation of Second Corinthians two fourteen and First Corinthians ten thirteen. They got revelation of who God is. Uh, oh well, we might as well move on to somebody else. Never touch them again 'cause they're not—they're not gonna—they're not gonna, just not gonna accept it anymore. Does that mean—is that what the devil does? No. If the devil is good at one thing, he's a good enemy. He's a good enemy, and treat him as such. By the way, uh, he's your enemy. You know, you should—you uh, should despise him. You know, he, he, why? Because he loves to steal, kill, and destroy. And the, and the Lord says, I despise these things. So if the Lord despises these things, you should despise these things. You know, don't have a respect for the devil. You know, he's a jerk. Despise him. And uh, he loves to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the only thing he comes for. That's the only thing he, you know, in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Despise him. Don't have a respect for him. But at the same time, do know, know that he's been watching mankind for longer than you've been alive, right? In other words, don't play games with him. Don't, don't play games with him, right? Because if there, you know, he knows a lot about the Bible, probably more than you, probably more than me. Why? Because he's been around for a while. He was there when it was being written. He was in the earth when it was being written. So he knows and he twists the scriptures and he twists them. You know, so I, I watch a lot of, I've watched a lot of people over the years. It's like they, they see that the devil is a jerk. They see that he's lower than them when they're in God. And then it's like they want to, you know, mix it up with the devil, but it's more pride than it is revelation knowledge. Uh, it's more pride and they get in pride and the devil eats their lunch. You know, don't toy with him. He's a jerk. He's a low life. He has no power uh, that, you know, all Jesus said, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. That left zero for the devil. And then he gave all authority to his children, to his brothers and sisters on the earth. And that's you and I. But that doesn't mean that you pridefully try to mix it up with the devil. You know, treat him for what he is and deal with him quickly and deal with him, but don't get in pride over it, and be like, "Well, I'm gonna show, I'm a, I'm gonna give the devil a black eye." That that's good. Just do it by applying the word. You don't have to, you don't have to make a big scene out of it. Uh, God, let God make the big scene, right? Let God in you make the big scene, but don't don't get in pride. But here's what he'll do: is just because you got revelation, you know, say you got revelation of healing. Well, you got revelation of finances. What does the Bible tell us about when you get revelation? He says in the parable of the sower, the thief comes immediately, the devil comes immediately to steal the seed of the word. He comes immediately to steal the seed of the word. So when you get revelation, see today may be revelation to you about triumph, it may be a revelation about uh the knowledge of God and manifesting it in every place. And did you notice that? God said, I want to I want to uh manifest triumph and knowledge of me in every place. So how many places are left out of that? How many places does God not want you to have triumph in? There are none. You know, he wants you to have it everywhere. That means all the time, everywhere, God's plan for you is triumph, right? Well, you get that kind of revelation, the devil comes immediately and he tries to steal it. So, what happens when somebody gets revelation of healing? Almost as soon as they get revelation of healing, the devil tries to attack their body. He tries to attack their body with sickness, with disease, everything. Well, don't, don't just back off because he attacked you. That's what he's wanting you to do. He, the devil, as your enemy, is wanting you to back off of what you just learned. That's why he's attacking you. See it for what it is and say, oh, Okay, you want to attack me? I'll dig into this word even more. You know? Take that, devil, you know, and get to the place where you start treating him like an enemy and you recognize his attacks. You recognize the Bible talks about us not being ignorant of his devices, ignorant of his schemes. We've got to get to the place where we see what's really going on. And if you're new in Christ, that's why you should have a good pastor that understands spiritual things. They can see that. If they've been actually walking with the Lord and dealing, and they're not ignorant in spiritual things, they'll be able to see the spiritual battle that's taking place just like that. It may take you a couple years. They'll see it instantly because they've dealt with it maybe hundreds of times. This is why it's very important for us to reach out, to communicate, and to have spiritual leaders in our lives, uh, because they have knowledge, they have revelation, they have experience. And so don't, you know, one of the biggest things I've ever seen the devil do, this is one of his schemes, is he constantly tells people, well, you can figure this out on your own, and you don't need to bother them, they're busy. And they, what he does is he gets somebody to get off on an island by themselves, just like a wolf will separate a deer, and then all the, the whole pack will jump on them. And that's what he does with him and his demons. It's one of the schemes that, that he uses, one of the tricks that he uses. Reach out. Have spiritual authorities in your life. Have spiritual coverings in your life. Have spiritual leaders that don't tell you what to do, but they can confirm what God is telling you. Right. They're not trying to control you, but they are trying to confirm and help you hone in, you know, tune in to what God is saying. This is very important in triumph is actually getting to that place and recognizing I've got I've got a resource available to me and I'm not going to let the devil talk me out of it or trick me out of utilizing that resource. Right. So uh, know that the devil's not just going to leave you alone because you've got revelation of triumph. He's not going to do that. He's gonna go after you more, right? But here's the thing, he's gonna affect you less. He may go after you more, but he'll, you'll be the overcomer more. See, somebody who doesn't understand triumph, We'll say, Oh, I'm just gonna, I'm in these attacks all the time. Somebody who does understand triumph says, Oh, I'm winning more. <laughs> and they're not looking at the negative. They're looking at the victory. They're saying, I'm about to win more. I'm gonna have more, you know, more of, uh, trophies in my spiritual life because we're gonna beat back the devil. We're gonna beat back the enemy. We're gonna win. You know, all we do is win. <laughs> in Jesus name, I'm thinking about the, the song. All we do is win right? This is biblical. This is biblical, right? All we do is have triumph in him. Now, one of the things that you'll see is what happened to Job. Here Job was a man who was mature in God. He had a lot of great things going on. And all of a sudden, uh, the devil has access to his life, right? And I think that I could point out to you some reasons why the devil has access to his life. uh, But Forget about that for a second. Let's just look at, okay, I don't know how... Let's just say, we don't know all the details surrounding this. We know some, but we don't know all. But regardless, Job finds himself where his life has been majorly attacked, right? Here's the thing. If you look, we're going to come back to Job in just a second. But go over uh, to Luke, I think it's Luke chapter 13... Luke chapter 13, and I think it's John 9. Yep, Luke chapter 13, and then hold your place there and go to John 9. I want to show you something. John chapter 9 and verse 1. So John 9 and verse 1 says this, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Now, the first thing is, how's the baby going to sin? He was born blind. How's the baby going to sin in the womb? He doesn't even have knowledge to sin. (laughs) You know, it's, it's a crazy. But I want you to see something. This is, this is an important point here. You, you're trying to tell me that the baby sinned in the womb and caused himself to be born blind? And we look at it and we're like, what a silly question. Why would they even ask such a question? Well, there's a reason for it. The reason they would ask a, such a silly question like that is because they were so legally minded And they were so wrapped around the axle of the law that everything they did, uh, they were thinking, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? In other words, it was all about their works. It was all about their works. Okay. And uh, Jesus, he really doesn't answer this question. We're going to see another thing where he doesn't answer this. And I want you to see, what are they asking here? What? What are they really asking? They're asking Jesus, all right, here's this man who's blind, What's the question they're asking? Why? Why? You know, big W-H-Y question mark. Why? And that is a question that mankind has asked for all of eternity. I mean, mankind, as long as they've been, they want to know why. And why do they want to know that? Because they're thinking, well, if I will change then I can get myself out of these situations. And, and that's true. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. But here's the problem with it. What's the focus of that question? Is the focus of the why question God or the person? See, the focus of this question is always looking more at our mistakes than it is looking at the goodness of God. Right, And so are there things that we can do to increase our good harvest? Absolutely. The Bible talks about it all the time. Are there things that we need to change? If you don't go into church on Sunday morning expecting to come out changed, I'm going to change something in my life, you're going in with the wrong reason. So do we need to give ourselves to the Lord and give ourselves to change? Absolutely. But the, the focus of our change should always be God. Not us. In other words, I'm doing this because I love him, not just to get myself out of trouble. I'm making change because I love him, and watch this, Matthew 6:33. I care more about His kingdom then I do mine. See, if we would be minded, if we would have our minds set on his kingdom and his righteousness, all the stuff in our life would take care of itself. But the issue is we're not approaching it from his kingdom. We're approaching it from how do I stop you know, what I got going on? How do I get out of this? And so our question many times, our why question is not rooted in his kingdom, it's rooted in our kingdom. Can you see that? Our question is there. And so Jesus does not really answer this question. And I'm going to show you another place where he doesn't. But look at what he says. And, and so what they're asking here is why. Why is this man blind? And he says, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Verse 3, Jesus answered, it was neither that this man sinned nor his parents. Well, now how does that work, right? You know, the curse Causeless does not come. That's a scripture. In other words, the curse comes. There's always a cause to it. So if this man didn't sin and his parents didn't sin, why is, why is he blind? Well, and then, and watch this. People have wrongfully diagnosed this scripture. They, they've not, they've not studied the full counsel of the word to know this. And then he says, uh, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And so what they've done is they've assumed that God did this and held this man blind from his birth. God's held this man blind so that he could look powerful in front of people. What what a power trip. But that's not, that's not the point of this. See, we've, we've not rightfully divided the word of truth. God says he is not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. Right? And and so what you see, why was this, if the man didn't sin and if the parents didn't sin, why was this man born blind? Well, because he's in a corrupted world. It goes all the way back to the garden. The moment that sin entered the world, corruption was there. And whether the man sinned, whether the, the boy sinned, or whether their grandparents sinned, if nothing else, Adam sinned. Yeah. You see? and and and. But what Jesus is getting at, he's not answering their question of why, but he's focusing them more on the goodness of God. In other words, he, what he's telling them, you're going to see this in the Luke verse in just a second, he's saying, look guys... Stop asking why and set your eyes on who's in front of you. Stop asking all the why questions. Change and, you know, if you need to change and I put conviction on your heart to, to stop sinning or to do this better, then absolutely do that. But stop being wrapped around the axle on the why that's focused on you. And start focusing on me, my kingdom, my righteousness. And so, what he's saying is, I'm not going to answer your why, but instead, get your eyes right now on who's standing in front of you and who was standing in front of them. He is the resurrection and the life, the fullness of life that would bring complete wholeness to this guy. And, and so, he says, It's neither that this man sinned or his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of Him who sent me as long as it is day. Do you hear what he just said? He said the work of God is not to put this on him or to keep it on him. The work of God is to heal him. The work of God is to set him free. We must work the works of God. The work of God is He loves them. He's got good things for him. And now our paths have crossed, and the goodness of God is about to come through this man. Amen. And then he, then he says, we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. He says, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, he's saying, I am the healing for this man. I am the salvation for everyone around here. I am the provision. That's what Jesus is saying. I'm the provision that they need, and I will save them from any anything. Stop looking at the why that's based in you and start looking at, Who's standing in front of you? The salvation, the resurrection, the life, your Savior. I'm here and you can be saved. That's what he's getting at. See, we've focused on who sinned. And see, many people when they've diagnosed that scripture, what are they doing? They're going right back to them, their selves instead of God. But see, what's happening is Jesus is saying, he's really saying, he's asking them a question in this. And, I, and when we go to Luke, I'm going I'm to bring that out. He says this, verse 6, when he had said this, he sped on the ground, made clay of the spittle, and applied the clay to his eyes and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated "sent." So he went away and washed and came back seeing. He came back seeing. So what did Jesus do? He said, forget about Why? He said, the goodness of God is here. Go see. And the man started seeing. Because there was something more powerful than the why. Hear that. There was someone more powerful than the why there. The why was sin somewhere in the world. The why was corruption. But there was someone more powerful than the corruption. God didn't put it on them. The, you know, the sin put it on them. Do you realize that there was no plan for calamity in God? That's for every person. He has no plan for that. If he, if, and here's the other thing. If God put this on, on this man and then Jesus cast it out, you've got a kingdom divided and it will fall." Jesus would be rebuking the Father. That's not what happened here. See this? We've got to rightly divide the word of truth. Many people, they'll take something, and they'll look at it in one context and not read the full counsel of the word. And all of a sudden, they, they have this weird doctrine that God's like this horrible, abusive father putting stuff on his kids, horrendous things, blind from birth, so he can teach them something. Or that he can have a power trip in front of everybody and let's say, look how good I am. That's ridiculous. That's not a loving father. Anybody in the world would be thrown in jail for that kind of stuff, and we're trying to say that that's who the Father is? No. But what Jesus is saying, you're really going to see it here in just a second in Luke 13. You're going to see what He's getting at. So now let's go there, Luke chapter 13, and verse 1. Amen. But He said that would be calling God a con man. That's exactly right. So, this is, you know, the subtitle of this section is A Call to Repent. It says, Now, on some occasion, there were some present who reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And Jesus said to them, Now, see, Jesus is, Jesus is teaching them. He's going to use this, this thing that happened and he's going to show them something, all right? And he said, so here were these Galileans and uh, they were sitting there and Pilate came in and killed them and they were actually worshiping and their blood and the blood of the sacrifices that they were utilizing and worship mixed, right? So they're in the temple, they're in the temple and the king came in and killed them. Now, if you were a legalistic mindset and you were wrapped around the axle of the law What's the first thing? Go back to this guy who sinned, right? So what's the thing that this uh, environment would produce? If you heard about guys that were sitting there in the temple and Pilate came in and killed them, what would a legalistic mindset do? A legalistic mindset would say, well, I wonder what they did. I wonder what they did, right? And so he says, verse two, and Jesus said, said to them, do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered this fate? Now see, he's like putting his finger right on the issue, <laughs> isn't he? He's like, he's like, hey guys, how are you going to deal with this? You know, the, y'all, y'all wonder where my stretching comes from. It's Jesus. <laughs> he's like, he's like just straight up dealing with their issue. Why? Because he knows they're coming from a legalistic point of view and their mind is wrapped around the axle of the law. And so he's going right at that uh, teaching, right at that thinking, and he's going to cause them to look at it differently and to repent and change their way of thinking. He's saying what he's getting at is, I don't want you thinking like this. All right. So then watch. He says, do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners than all other Galileans? Because they suffered this fate. Verse 3, I tell you no. In other words, he just told them, he said, they didn't send more. Now this is the Holy Ghost telling them. He's saying, they didn't send more. Now, just think about what that would do to, to a legalistic group. Think about that. Wait, what? And what, he's, what he just said. Now think about this. If they didn't send more, and they got slaughtered, and their blood ran, see, fear-minded, legalistic-minded people will go, I'm in that same group. I could be killed like that too. Right? So see, this is what he's addressing. He's addressing this thinking and this wrong thinking. And then he says this, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, unless you repent, you will all Likewise perish. So he just lumped them all together, but what did he tell them to do? Unless you repent. Repent of what? That's the question unless you repent. See, many times what we think he's saying is, you got to repent of all your sins. You've got to repent. But what's the context of this? Why is he asking them these questions? He's getting at their thinking. He's saying, you've been thinking legalistically, a spirit of religion minded here. You've been thinking about, you know, who sinned More who sinned uh, this man or his parents. You've been thinking in this direction. And he's saying, if you keep thinking that way, you will live by the law and you will die by the law. If you keep thinking that way, you'll live by the law and you'll die by the law. But what he's going to get at is if you will see that I'm always leading you to triumph and you will put faith in the the resurrection and the life that's standing in front of you and change your thinking to faith instead of the law, you will live. All right, so what? Let's carry on. He says, or do you suppose, here he's just like adding weight now. Or do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed those, them were worse culprits than all the men who live in Jerusalem? He says, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. You will all likewise perish. And so here's one of the things that he says, and, and watch this, I'm going to read this parable and then I'll, I'll wrap up this piece. He says, verse 6, And he began telling this parable, A man had a fig tree, which had been planted in his vineyard. And he came looking for fruit on it, and did not find any. And what is he, do you know what the fig tree represents? The fig tree always represented, at least in some fashion, Israel, the people of God. It represented that system, That it represented that. Remember that the Gentiles were grafted in you know, to the vine. It was grafted into the tree. All right? He says, and he said to the vineyard keeper, behold, for 3 years I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree without finding any. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? And he answered and said to him, let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it and put in fertilizer, and if it if it bears fruit next year fine, but if not, cut it down. Oh, man, this is it's so beautiful what he's doing. Now, he's talking in parables, right? And I don't think that many people got the parable. What he's saying is the system of the law has not been working. He said, But I'm here to give you the fertilizer of the word. And if you will receive the change in your mindset to move from legalism to faith, you know, it's not that one sin more or less, it's because sin is present but the resurrection and the life is standing in front of you. And if you will move from all of your works and you're thinking about you, and you will move to the goodness of God and put your faith in his love and in his mercy, the fig tree that hasn't been producing fruit and it, but has been producing legalism will now produce fruit. Yeah. And, and here's what he said. Remember, what did he tell them twice in these verses? If you don't repent, you will perish like they did. In other words, if you don't change your way of thinking away from the law, away from who sinned more, if you don't change your thinking away from that, then what you're going to end up with is the same fate. You're going to end up with, you're going to end up being wrapped up in the law outside of faith and you will not have any fruit and you will die just like they did. But if you will switch yourself to faith in the goodness of me, if you will switch yourself to the faith in the goodness of the father, the love of the father, and stop looking at what you're bringing to the table and start looking at what he's bringing to the table and you start changing what he tells you because. You love him, not because it'll get you out of a jam. Then all of a sudden, you'll move to the place of blessing, and, and that blessing will pile on top of blessing, will t- pile on top of blessing. And so, what's Jesus saying in John chapter 9 and in Luke chapter 13? What's he saying? He's saying, No matter how you got into the negative place, no matter how you got in the bad situation, Here's the question. They were asking who sinned more. But Jesus was saying, forget about that. Let me ask you a question. Do you trust me? Do you trust my goodness? Do you trust that I'm leading you to triumph? Because if you keep asking who sinned more, you're going to die with them. But if you, if you start setting your eyes on me, the resurrection and the life, he says, you will find your life and you will produce fruit. So now, going back to Job. Here's Job. He's going through. And man, some bad stuff happens. Anybody ever had bad stuff happen to him, even after you knew Christ? The issue is not just how you got there. God will show you if you need, if you humble yourself to the Lord, He'll show you what you need to change. But the issue is always, number one, do you trust the Lord? No matter what you see, no matter what you face, no matter how dark the valley is, do you trust me? You don't have to know the why. See, man always wants to ask from his perspective, why? But God's God's saying, forget the why, do you trust me? And it's not, do you trust me because I'm going to put you through a bunch of junk and we'll just see and test you. That's not what it is. He's saying, if you'll move from the why and the legalism and move to trust and faith in me, I'm going to lead you to triumph. So the, the revelation today is trust and triumph. And if you know about the book of Job, most people look at the book of Job as a tragedy. It is not. It is a book of victory. Did he have some stuff go on bad? Yes. Have you had some stuff go on bad? Why? Why did it happen? What difference does it make? It stunk. What difference does it make? It stunk. But God's saying, it doesn't matter how you got there. If you will put your trust in me, take me by the hand. I will leave you the triumph. And that's exactly what Job did. And in the end, he was completely restored double. He came out, yeah, buddy just put, he came out higher. He was higher than he was before. And and i got to believe this. If God restored him, do you think he's going to keep the pressure and the memory of all the bad of what happened in there? No. I think God restored his mind. I think he restored his heart. I think he restored everything about him. I think he restored him in full. Why? Because that's who God is. He's not withholding any good thing. He wouldn't just leave that bad memory memory in there and not heal it too. God is a restorer. God is a savior. God is a triumph maker. He's a victor maker. He's an overcomer maker. He's a more than a conqueror maker and he's making you that today. What did Job do? Job just had a bunch of stuff happen to him. He doesn't even know what's going on. He doesn't know why. Many scholars you know, believe that Job didn't even have a clue that the devil was around. He thought, many scholars think that Job thought that God did it all. So Job may be sitting here with, with thinking that God just did this to me. But what does Job do? He says, Lord, I don't know how I got here. And I'm going to tell you in my paraphrase, I want you to see it. Verse 20, Job chapter 1 and verse 20. It says this: then Job arose. He tore his robe and shaved his head. This is a humility. It's what they would do in all humility. Lord, I, you know, I humble myself to you. You know, me by myself, I recognize I don't compare to you. You know, this is what Job's saying. I don't compare to you. Now, in Christ, we have an inheritance where we are made the righteousness of God in Christ. But what Job's saying here before Christ, he's saying, look, how can I compare to you? I can't. Compared to you, I am, a, I am low. I low. You are heist, and look at what he does. He humbles himself before God, and then it says, and he fell to the ground and worshiped. Yeah. What was Job doing? Let me give it to you in my, Brian's paraphrase. Job said this, Lord, I don't know how we got here, and this is a mess. And I don't even know, you may have, you may have done this. You know That's the potential here. I don't know what happened. I don't know why. But what did Job do? But he said, but I'm going to worship you. Cause I trust you, Lord, I trust you and see when we will get in trust and we will trust God for who he is, for his goodness and his mercy, and we will trust him. God says, you're taking me by the hand in faith. You're taking me by the hand. And I'm always going to lead you to triumph. If you will trust that I am faithful, like 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he said, I'll always provide a way of escape. And that's exactly what happened to Job. When you get to the end of the book, it says, and God restored the fortunes of Job. Most scholars agree that Job happened under two years period of time. This was not a lifetime. He didn't suffer for a lifetime. It was a short period of time that he went through, but he came out the victor. He came out restored. He came out blessed. He came out triumphant even though the devil threw everything he had at him. And I'm telling you no matter what the devil throws at you if you will trust God and you will take him by the hand Jesus will grab a hold of your hand with all love and compassion and with all of his anointing the resurrection and the life will grab a hold of your hand and he'll lift you up. He'll bring you out of that valley and he'll move you to triumph and it can start today. Do you receive it? Father, right now I just pray for everybody that's listening, everybody, that, everybody that's hearing this message Lord. This revelation of trust and triumph. Lord, we know and we see you always are leading us to triumph. You are not withholding any good thing for those who walk uprightly, who For those who take you by the hand in faith. Not in legalism, but in faith. And they say, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it because I love you. Not because I'm just trying to save myself, because I love you and will take you by the hand. And I know when I take you by the hand, always you're leading me to triumph in every place. Lord, we see that today. And Lord, when the devil tries to attack because he is an enemy, when he tries to attack, when he tries to steal the seed of the word, when he tries to come against us, Lord, I won't just look Look around and see what I've done. I'll put my eyes on you, and I'll trust you. Lord, I pray for every person that they would see you, that they would trust you, that they would take you by the hand and move straight to triumph. They would move straight to triumph in every situation, in every temptation. They'll take you by the hand, and you will lead them to triumph. You will not disappoint. Lord, right now, let the eyes of understanding be enlightened. Let people see so clearly. Clearly, Let us all, Lord, see with clear vision. Let every veil of deception be removed. Let us see clearly what is your will and what isn't your will, your desire to take us to triumph, your willingness to take us to triumph, your power that can get us to triumph, and will do it. Lord, let us move to that place. Let us take you by the hand. And Lord, let us turn our eyes towards you. Not put it on ourselves and what we've done and what you know what's happened and what our parents done and what side of the tracks we grew up on and and what you know what poverty level. Forget all that, Lord. We take our eyes off of us. We take our eyes off of all the details and the legalism, and we trust you. We put our eyes of faith and trust on you, a great God, a loving Father, all powerful, Almighty. We put our eyes on you. We take you by the hand. We're obedient. If we love you, we'll keep your commandments. Whatever you command us to do, we'll do that thing. We'll be right in the right place at the right time. And the blessings of God will start to pile up in our lives. Lord, it starts now. I see. I call out right now in Jesus' name. May the blessings start piling up. May the blessings start piling up. Lord, let it overflow. Let it overflow. You know, the more you more you pile in, uh, things in a pile, they just start to run down. They get so high that the blessings start to run off. They're off on the edges. It, it starts to spread. Lord, let there be a blessing spread. Let there be a blessing spread, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let victory, and triumph. Spread the blessings all over the people and over the people that are around them. Let it overflow a spear of your glory, a overflow of your glory and goodness. Let it be. Well, Lord, we trust you and we will be triumphant in you today. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. We worship you, Lord, and we give you all of the glory. Lord, Just say it with me. Put it in the comments if you have to, but make sure you say it out loud. Lord, I trust you, and I am going to triumph even as we speak. I trust you and triumph is manifesting in my life right now. Lord, I trust you and triumph is manifesting right now. Lord, I trust you and triumph is manifesting right now. Lord, I trust you and triumph is manifesting in me right now in my life. Get it in you, let it be real inside of you. Lord, we trust you. And triumph is manifesting in us right now, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to turn this over to Barrett, Barrett if you would also do the, the offering and uh, tell them anything they need to know. I love you. Listen, if you haven't shared the broadcast, share it. People need to hear this message. It is a time when hope is going to be one of the most valuable commodities that we have. And this is a message of hope that will change people's lives. They need to hear it. And Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Barrett
0: amen thank you guys for being on with us today as you may or may not know this broadcast is free it's something that we give to you because we love you and we want to see your life go higher like every bit of what we do it's so that your life can be better it can be richer and it can look greater and greater and one of the reasons that we do this is because god desires this for you this isn't our desire personally it's God's desire first. And one of the ways that He wants your life to go higher is through seed, time, and harvest. It's a system that God has set up. And so even though we give this broadcast to you freely, we also want to make it available for you to activate a promise of God in a way of God. God is a God who respects his covenant that he has established. And so one of the ways that he is able to get his goodness to you, one of the ways that he's able to get his life to you is by our partnership with the word and being obedient to trust him. Exactly what Pastor Brian is saying. In your finances, you can take confidence and take hope knowing that God is able and he's willing. He's not just able, he's willing to make you an abundant giver. He desires for you to give abundantly so that he can then get abundance to you. And so the system that he has set up for that is through seed time and harvest. And what does that mean? That means that when God places seed in our hand, we are then to invest it back into the kingdom. And what better investment could you make than in God? If you sow into this ministry, you're not sowing into Pastor Brian, specifically you're not sowing into me specifically or Buddy or Marky, you are sowing directly into the kingdom of God. You're sowing into souls. And when you are obedient, willing, and cheerfully giving to Him, He's able to then get His abundance to you. And that's His heart, that you would have be blessed for every good work and have an abundance. So if you would like to see God kickstart your finances, then today you are able to sow right now. We make it super easy, not even an inconvenience. All you have to do on Facebook is you have to do hashtag donate, Followed by the dollar amount, or you can go to giveww.org. It's not givewwww. It's giveww.org. It's right. It's right there. Look, woohoo! We we even put it up there for you. <laughs> you can do that, or. If you don't feel like you have anything, ask the Lord. You know, one of the greatest, greatest stories I've ever heard about this personally about giving and trusting the Lord is Pastor Brian. There was one day where he wanted to give to God. When you know God and you know how good God is, you just have a heart to give. Why do people give Christmas gifts right now? It's because they love the people that they're giving to. And so pastor wanted to give an offering to God and he had checked all of his pockets. He checked everything he had and he didn't have anything. And the Lord told him to put his hand back in his coat pocket. He's like, I've done that, but okay. And so he put his hand in his pocket and there was a penny there because god provides seed to the sower so if you desire to give to god today and watch god as he is then able to give back to you and give you the abundance that he wants you to have then ask god and just open yourself up right now and say lord i want to give show me where my seed is show me what i have to give and lord as you command me as you instruct me i'll be obedient and then just be obedient to whatever he says. And for those who are sowing right now, for those who have already sown, Jesus, I ask that you bless their seed mightily. Bless it, God. Bless them mightily. Let it be a quick return back into their hands, Lord. Let the seed multiply. Let the seed do what it's called to do and bring forth a harvest. Let it come back into their hands quickly so that they can then sow again quickly and you can manifest your harvest quickly. Jesus, you're the Lord of the seed, and you're the Lord of the harvest. Make a harvest come quickly. Lord, 30, 60, 100 fold, let it return back to them as they've purposed in their heart to sow it. Return it. Return a harvest mightily in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, it's December, which means you're going to see a lot of Christmas content coming your way. Um, And, you know, like, for example, temperature-wise, it's chilly outside, so you could see, like, a lot of really special fashionable outfits that we're choosing to put on. Um, I don't know. Like... You could see this a lot, but tomorrow stick around because we're going to have such a good broadcast It's Bible trivia. You can win free money on us tomorrow Just by answering stuff with the Bible and you can use Google Google's a helper And then we're gonna have a top 10 list pastor says that I can't make a top 10 list about songs Um yet so tomorrow will be Christmas movies I told you it's lots of Christmas stuff coming your way, but it's gonna be really good tune in tomorrow 1130 We love you. Be blessed. Have such a good day. And tomorrow we're going to be talking about how to make things easier. You want your life to be easier? Tune in tomorrow and find out how. It's going to be good. Love you. Be blessed. Have a good day. And if you're chilly, wear socks. Amen.